How much frost damage have you seen this harvest? As we're in the thick of Harvest 2023, now is the time we start to see the full effect of spring frost events. While it's too late for salvage operations, Harvest is a good time to consider mapping frost zones and collecting useful information that can help inform frost zone management strategies for the next year. Hi, I'm Tanya Morgan from MSF, and in December 2021, I caught up with Jess Koff from Breezy Hill Precision Ag to talk about mapping frost. Take a listen to this Better Frost Decisions flashback podcast. We're here now with Jess Koff, who's a PA consultant with Breezy Hill Ag Services, and she's been working with Upper North Farming Systems on the frost demonstration site. Welcome, Jess. Tell us what's been happening in the Upper North. Thank you. So this year I've been working with a grower on behalf of the Upper North Farming Systems to basically do some further investigation into the variable effect of frost on one of his larger fields. He farms through the Murraytown Valley, which is historically very prone to frost. And he's got some fields in there that are getting hit in certain places with frost um, up to 80% of the seasons. And he had quite a bank of precision ag data and over the course of working with him, we'd noticed quite a lot of patterns emerging. And I suppose what we wanted to do this year with the, the frost extension project was A, have the sensor out there that was provided to us through the project, but also put some some other smaller sensors all throughout the field to validate, I guess, the, the maps that we had, I suppose, the spatial information that we had, and then compare it to some temperature sensors to see exactly what the frost effect was in the different areas of the field. We've been following along in the last couple of newsletters, uh, the maps and where you've put the sensors. You had quite a few out there. How did you work out where to put them? So we had 10 sensors in total, and there was a couple of reasons I put 10, mainly the price. So 10 sensors, it is a quite a large field for our area. It's about 200 hectares. So that added up to about $1,000. So I thought that was probably, you know, in in budget would be reasonable for for a grower to spend. But also, I mean, it was still a little bit of overkill probably. But the reason we put them where they were was because we just used a landscape change map, which sounds really fancy, but every time a grower passes over their, their field in any machine, as long as they're using RTK at GPS, they're recording all these elevation layers. So they're very cheap and very easy to access. And a lot of the time, they're really good explainers of where frost is. So we use the landscape change map, which is, if you imagine an elevation map, is is height above sea level, so quite simple to explain. But a landscape change map will actually pull out like ridges and depressions and contours, which is the sort of, I suppose, geographical features that frost often follows. And so the longer the short of it was that we we placed the sensors in, in different landscape changes, so in gullies and up on ridges, just to see exactly uh, what those frost sensitivities were in those uh, microclimates. So did you pick up much difference between the sensors? Yeah, very much. I suppose in some ways there was not a real shock at some of the results um, because we know from NDBI imagery and from yield imagery that the frost hits in certain locations in that field. I guess what we didn't know was are the limestone ridges up the top of the paddock still getting touched up with frost a little bit? And the answer was no, really, like it barely dropped below zero the entire time. So that was quite interesting. But the other, I suppose, scary part was by having four or five sensors down on the flat, most months there was 18 frost events I mean, in any given month. And when I say frost events, I mean like below minus two for six to eight hours overnight. 
So the areas that were getting hit by frost were getting hit a lot worse than what we thought. So yeah, there has been some really interesting information come out. And I guess the reason that it's important for this grower, I suppose in some some areas, you know, growers that get hit by frost regularly, if they're set up for hay and those sorts of things, you know, they, they may pull the trigger and just cut the field for hay and, and be done with it. But this particular grower is very well set up for hay. Obviously the hay market's not that great this year. And I suppose he wants to be if he's going to go down that road, very, very sure that the parts of his uh, property that he's cutting for hay really need to be cut. And yeah, I guess that's the best course of, of management for him. So yeah, that's sort of the why and the how. And more farmers can have these sorts of tools at hand, the better. Because when we show people the data on how much frost there actually is, I think they know that they get frosted in some parts, but when they see exactly how long for how often, I think they're quite shocked because most of the time we're sleeping, so we don't see it, but it, yeah, it can be quite brutal in some areas. So where to from here with the project? So I'm just actually writing the information up into a fact sheet at the moment. I guess I just want to show a logical pathway for farmers to easily do this on their own farms because it's not hard to do. As I've demonstrated, you wouldn't need that many sensors and they're not overly expensive and they're quite easy to read. And they're, they're logging every 20, 20 minutes, so they're quite accurate. The data or the maps that we've used are not expensive or hard to access either. The main thing will be compiling the results into a fact sheet to show how farmers could do this themselves and use the maps that they've already got to make more specific management decisions around frost. The other thing that was quite valuable for this farmer was when he was working with his agronomist just trying to scout for frost and work out where it was. He just went out with these maps with his iPad and was quite easily able to find the line of where that frost event started and stopped. So the time savings in not zigzagging across a, a big field are a bit of a bonus too, but not a lot of outlaying costs. That's the main thing that we want to show. And obviously frost is one of those major issues that we just we can't really insure against and we don't really have a solid answer to yet. So we'll keep searching for, for answers as long as we can. Thanks very much for joining us today, Jess. This podcast was brought to you by the GRDC Frost Extension Project, applying current knowledge to inform grower decision-making to mitigate the impact of frost now and into the future, or as we like to call it, better frost decisions. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later.